This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia on September 25th, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au Gospel according to Luke, chapter 16. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now... He is comforted here and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so and no one can cross from there to us. He said, then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house for I have five brothers that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. So as I mentioned um, today and next Sunday, we're having just a little look at God's gift of love as we hear of it in the scriptures and how it might uh, apply to us. And obviously in two Sundays we're going to be a very, very much of an introductory basis. And so my um, address today is based on the second reading that Lorraine read so beautifully for us in 1 John chapter 4. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today in the sight of God. Yes, footy season thankfully, mercifully is now done. And well forgotten, I'm sure, uh, Tim. Is that right? Maybe not, <laughs> not quite. Um, 
but it's over and I think there's a new season beckoning. It's the season of love. And the reason I say that is that I've been involved in lots of places of love um, being um, shown and expressed recently. Most recently, in the beautiful wedding uh, time of Dylan and Jess here in our church last Thursday. What a joy to celebrate them and their love it was for me. And thank you to everyone who um, was, was a part of that, um, particularly those who served. And thank you to everyone who always serves it, us, whether it be in worship here or in other ways. It is a gift of love that you bring. Thank you for it. A couple of weeks ago, I was at, we were in Port Douglas and I conducted a wedding there too for a couple um, whom we knew from our time in Sydney about 15 years ago. Um, but recently, Connor and Tyler were married and we look forward to Steph and Henry. We're praying for them in these days too as they prepare for marriage. So I think it is a season of love, but not just that sort of love that walks down the aisle. I mean, we've seen a whole outpouring of love, haven't we, at the death of Queen Elizabeth II, it seems to me. There's been millions of people who have shown their love in various ways in that time of mourning for her. Love is expressed in all sorts of ways. And I think it's a season that we're coming to. What does God say about love? That's where we're going to briefly go in our exploration today. God's love language, if you will. Maybe um, I've rattled on many times about this and you know that I'm always keen to encourage you to think about how you share love and how love might be shared with you. Just in, if you're in relationships with anyone. Um, Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, will be known by many of you. If it's not, I, I do commend it to you because Chapman gives us... Um, a reflective look on love. That is, as I say, how I might like to think I'm expressing love and how I like to receive it. And, and do those things always match? He suggests there are five love languages. Words of affirmation, how we speak and receive words. Acts of service. And as I say, thank you for your acts of service as you serve here at St Paul's. It is a gift of love in response to God's love. So gifts of love, that um, um, segues quite nicely into there. Quality time can be a gift and physical touch. Now, obviously, there, there might be many more ways to express that, but as I say, this um, gives us quite a nice introduction, I think. Today, we're going to explore God's love language. Well, we're not going to really explore it, but I'm going to introduce the way that God speaks about love in the scriptures. And you can do your own further exploration. I mean, even if you just Google, you know, things like um, God's love in the Bible, things like that. The New Testament was written in the Greek language of the day and um, the Old Testament then got translated as well into that um, same language not long after um, the New Testament um, was put together. So our whole Bible um, originally was in that space. And we're going to explore those Greek words that are used in the scriptures, at least the major ones that speak of God's love. The first of which is the word eros. And you might be familiar with this. Um, the uh, mythical Greek god of love, Eros, from which we get our English word today, um, erotic, if you will. So it's that um, sensual love, it's that um, um, love that touches, I suppose, touches the heart. 
And it's used, for example, in, in Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament in this form, Ecclesiastes 9.9, enjoy love with the wife, with the spouse um, whom you love. And as I say, we've been celebrating that in some lovely weddings of recent times. It's that love which um, touches another. So that's one use of the word love in the scriptures. Let's go to the second one. This is the word philia from, you know, we get the, um, the name of the city. Philadelphia uses this, the city of love. Love one another with mutual affection in Romans chapter 12. Love one another with mutual affection. Um, outdo one another in showing honour. This is that sort of um, respecting love, if you will, a love that is of a deep, deep personal nature. It's not that um, falling in love, red heart love that Eros is. It's the sort of love that I would ex explain that I, um, would would, that I shared with the person who was my mentor. Say, Liz Peach was my mentor. And we, I think I had a deep, deep respect for her understanding of life and of God's love. It's that sort of thing. And we might have people in our lives too that might be really, really deep, deep friends, soul friends, if you will, that help us along the way. So that's a second use of how God speaks the word love into the world, into our lives as well. Let's go to the third one. Um, this one's not quite so common. Um, storge is how the Greek or something similar. I'm not very good with my Greek pronunciations, but it goes something about like that. And again, this word comes up in the same text that I just read in Romans chapter 12. Love one, love one another, that's the word philia, with mutual affection. And the word affection there is a combination of this word, storge, and philia. It's like the deep family love. You know, not all family love is always works out in the way that we're, we're looking for, but this is love which is of a very, very deep and caring nature. It's, it's like that love that was shown to me in our church family today by a Geelong supporter. Now, I hope you all know that I'm a Sydney Swan supporter, so I expect your commiserations at some point. But this Geelong supporter, unlike some yesterday, I have to say, came along today and said, commiserations, Neville, and she brought, I won't mention her by name, Coral, some of the best love language in the world. Our family love um, Coral's raspberry jam. So I thought it was very good of a Geelong But that's the sort of love, I think, that happens not just in um, our, 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 our human families, but in our church family as well. And I'm very, very keen that we might look to grow in that love in this season, um, especially as we start to inch our way away from covid um, Pastor Phil mentioned um, October the 30th. I know it's a long weekend, but it would be lovely for us to consider, if, if you possibly can, to come along on that day as we reform ourselves in family, in family love, even over a simple meal as we share the, the special meal of love too in our worship. And that does bring us to the fourth um, uh, language of love that God uses, agape. And I'm sure um, those of us who have done Bible studies along the way in church life might have heard of this, this word. Hands up if you've heard of agape. You're many, many hands, many uh, heads are nodding there. This brings all of those things of love in its best possible form together in the one place. 
This is God's deep love shared with the world in which we're called to receive and to give. So, for example, John 3.16 uses this verb, for God so loved, God so loves the world, so loves you and me and all those people who don't know God out there, that he gave his one and only son. Footy season mercifully, or part, not all footy season, but male footy season games at least, um, are done. And we're in this new season, I'm saying. God calls us as much as we love our footy teams, and I do love my footy team, um, to something far deeper and far greater. God who made the universe calls for all people to receive his love. That's his desire. In 1 John chapter 4, it starts off with the word beloved. Beloved. Our first call is to be loved, to receive God's love. Beloved, be active in being passive in receiving God's love. Worship. Worship. Worship in its first place is always God coming to us. It's why it's worth getting out of bed on a Sunday morning. It's why it's worth spending that little bit of extra time on Monday morning opening you know, my, my phone or my, or my Bible to be there with God because God comes to love you and to love me. So be loved. And let us also then take that love where we go. And let's use it, be actively active in sharing God's love. Passive and active. That's part of the journey that we make, I think. Let's show God's love with the eros that love that God gives us, to give that personal touch in the right time and the most sensitive space. In these days, it's, it's a bit harder even in families to do that. It might be a good thing to ask, do you, can I give you a hug? Do you mind if I hug you at this particular time? Um, Sydney Swan supporter as you um, are really, really down. I'll accept all, any and all hugs later, actually, by the way. Or that store gear love, that love of family, hanging in there with one another. And I think that's a really important love that our church always needs. Pastor Phil mentioned um, October the 30th. I really want to encourage you in that space. And I think it's a good love for the church to always be working hard at. And that filia love. Always be, expect to be surprised, I think, just by the love that you share with other people. Filia love is, is the love of that deep affection that I was mentioning before. And um, I think that I receive that love as I think of Liz, for example, in a small group, just in a small group setting. I want to encourage you who are in small groups, and I want to encourage you, if you're not, to think about small groups because they are a place where we can get to know one another and share that um, very, some very special bonds. I think, as I reflect on my life, for example, that I became called to be a pastor that was a very important part of my life as a young parent. The love that I was showed, the unconditional love um, I was showed in a small group. So dear friends, let's focus on God's love for us to receive and to give. And you might like to close your eyes now and just sit 
but I'm going to read the reading, which, Lorraine, thank you, you read it so beautifully for us. I'm just going to read it again, and I'd just like you to listen with your ears, with your lives, with your hearts as best you can as you hear God speak the word of love for you. From 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Saviour of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. And as we heard our gospel reading today, I think that's a good thing for us to know, that um, we may be bold on that day of just judgment because of God's love. Because as he, he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. On some days, we really, really need to hear this message of love when we know um, the hardness of life. So, dearly beloved, know who you are. Dearly loved ones of God, love with the love which has been given to you. And may I suggest just a couple of ways that we might consider that as church family. You and I are called by God to live with that same agape love that we're about to receive in this special meal of love and forgiveness. John writes, perfect love drives out fear. May I encourage you to look at your interactions with others in your life. Sometimes we head out with a journey of wanting to share love in the way that we speak or because we are very, very strong in our views on something, and this can be particularly true in the church sometimes, even more so than in our footy uh, supporting, I don't know, 
but we can show strong views. May I encourage you as you share your views and share your interactions with others to consider not only your intentions, but what the responses bring in the lives of others. Because perfect love doesn't cause fear, perfect love drives out fear. Do you want to make a difference in life? Love. Love. Build one another up as Christ by his spirit builds us up. And so let's be ready to welcome people today in worship, even if we know one another well or if we don't know someone. May I encourage you every Sunday to be ready to welcome others with the love of God. And may I encourage us too, as we hear our gospel reading today, to consider how we use our possessions wisely in love of the whole community. Jesus says in John 13, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love, the agape love which, which selflessly serves the other for one another. So dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to receive and to be ready to go to give God's very best, his love. Make your difference. Make your mark. Amen. And God's peace, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.